What a blessing we have already heard already this morning. Amen. Yeah. Um, really, I was, I was challenged with the music and beautiful, beautiful. You, you folks can sing here. Praise the Lord. Amen. I appreciate that. Um, praise the Lord for what God is doing already in, in the work here. With Brother Larry coming up here. You folks realize that was a man that came up here. That's right. There's a lot of men that would come up and give a testimony in front of church. That was a man. That's right. Amen. God bless you. I hope each and every one of you have come this morning anticipating to hear from God. Yes, sir. There's a promise that we have in Scripture that if you come thirsty. Right? He will fill. That's right. If you come desiring to be able to hear from him, I will tell you, that is a prayer that he loves to answer. Amen. But you have to come and you have to come right. ready. And desiring to be able to hear from God, desiring to hear what God has for you. Right. Hear my Lord. It's me. It's me. Let's not pass it on to the right. neighbor. Not pass it on to the other church person. Oh, I know someone else who needs to hear that one. God, speak right to me. Amen. And I hope that's your part this morning. If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 8. Jeremiah, chapter 8. You may think, what in the world are we going to have with a missions conference? Speaking of the gospel back in Jeremiah. Let's see what the Lord has for us this morning. Bless you, Lord. Jeremiah chapter 8. Let's all stand together as we read from God's word. God is speaking now through the prophet Jeremiah, who with a broken heart writes, beginning in verse number 20, through inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah 8, verse 20. The harvest is past. The summer is ended, and we are not saved. For the hurt of the daughter of my people and my hurt. I am black. Astonishment hath laid hold on me. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? The balm of Gilead. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would meet with us this morning. Father, I need your power. I need your wisdom. I need your help. And Father, I pray that as your Holy Spirit fills me and helps me, that you would also give us spirit-filled ears. All of us. So that we would be able to hear exactly what the Spirit has to say to each and every one of us. Father, I pray that you would make proper application where it is needed. May you be exalted, please. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. 
As those of you who are students of the Word of God, the, the book of Jeremiah was written during some of the darkest days in Jewish history. Politically, spiritually, culturally, the nation of Israel is just about as far down as a nation can get. One after the other, prophets were sent to Israel to warn them that if they did not repent, judgment would come. That judgment would take the form of invasion, defeat, and exile from their land for 70 long years. The prophets were either not believed, they were ignored, some were even killed. Can you imagine three times in this book God tells the prophet Jeremiah, don't even pray for him. Don't even pray for him. It would seem that they had gone so far from God that they had passed the point of no return. There was no more help for the nation. It is in this context now that the prophet Jeremiah sits down and with a great heavy heart writes these words. Verse number 20, he could sense God's timing of judgment and laments Israel's lack of repentance. For the hurt of the daughter of my says, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. Verse 21, he personally feels the hurt. He says, for the hurt of the daughter of my people am I hurt. Furthermore, he is astonished as Israel's lack of repentance. The phrase there, I am black, is a phrase that they would use when they would use the sackcloth and the ashes that they would put upon themselves in times of mourning. It's not mourning. There's no repentance taking place. Verse 22, with a broken heart, now he writes and asks, Three questions. We're going to look at each question now this evening. Bless Lord. Let's look at him now, especially in relation to our purpose this week. A mission conference. Let's look at the first question there. He says, is there no balm in Gilead? Well, let's identify the balm. The balm was a substance that was produced, uh, that grew in abundance. It came from the balsam tree, and that type of tree grew in abundance on the east side of the Jordan River, that area called Gilead. It was an item that was produced in abundance there. It was an item that was so much for, so much, it was an item of export. It was the best place to get the balm. If you wanted to get the best balm, you would go and you'd look for the balm that came from Gilead. To ask such a question was a little bit of a preposterous question because Gilead produced so much balm. It would be like saying, are there mountains in Colorado? Well, all of us know, well, duh, yeah, there's a lot. Is there fruit in Georgia? Is, are there fruit trees in 
Florida, Southern California. Well, of course, yes, yes. We know all of that. It's something that's it's, it's well known. So why would they ask such a question? What was the purpose of that? Well, we understand now the purpose of this. We can be able to understand with the use of the balm. The Bible says, the Bible gives now a definition of the balm. We see it here in, later on in the chapter, in, excuse me, later on in the same book. I'm going to be reading further on in the book. The Bible says, go up into Gilead and take balm, O virgin, the daughter of Egypt. In vain shalt thou, excuse me, in vain shalt thou use many medicines, for thou shalt not be cured. So the balm was a medicinal substance that they would be able to produce. So we see how now the significance of the question is understood now in the use of the balm. The purpose was a medicine. Prophet Jeremiah now is making a spiritual illustration. Had Israel gone so far from God that there was no longer any help? Was there no longer a remedy? Was there a cure? Well, the answer to this question, is there a balm in Gilead? The answer is yes. <laughs> yes, there is. And by the way, it's in abundance. Amen. Yes, the answer is, yes, God did care and loved, and loved his people and wanted to restore his people to himself. But the problem is they kept on going further and further and further away from him. Wanting to, he's wanting to draw them back. And the prophet now is saying, is there a balm? Yes, there is. God wanted to restore his people to himself. Now we can be able to make a spiritual application today. Sinners are terminally ill, are they not? Right. The Bible says in Romans 5, 12, wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. We have a terminal situation in this world today. Is there a cure? <laughs> yes. Right. Is there a remedy? Oh, yes. There is a cure for Africa. There is a cure for Asia. There is a cure for America. There is a cure for the islands of the sea. Yes, there is a cure. There is a balm. Let me tell you, it's in abundance. Amen. Oh, I know a wonderful thing is, is that that balm which came from a tree, our balm, from on a tree. 1 Peter 2, 24, the Bible says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you are healed. Right. Oh, what a wonderful thing is, is that balm. Not only is it abundance, it is free. <laughs> it's free to all. Oh, the Bible says, For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Right. Not of works a city mansion boasts. Yes, there is a balm. The answer to that first question is yes, there is a balm. It's in abundance. And it's right. abundance for all. Right. Whosoever right. shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, what a blessing. That's the first question. The second question, let's look in the text there. What does the Bible say? Is there no balm in Gilead? What's the answer to that first question? Yeah. Yes, there is a ball. The second question is, 
Is there no physician there? Is there no physician there? God had sent physicians. Plenty. He called them prophets to the nation of Israel over and over again. The answer to that second question is also yes. Right. The problem is, is Israel rejected them. You're right. Today, God has given his great commission to the church corporately as well as to the individual Christian. We are to be the physicians spiritually to this lost world. So congregation, let me ask you, is there a ball? Yes. Yes. Let's look around us. Are there physicians? Yes, sir. What's the answer? Yes. yes. Third question. What are you thinking? Wow. One, two, one. No, third. We're, we're going to get out early today. No, we're not. Last <laughs> <laughs> <Lesson> move. <laughs> the third question is, why then? If there's ball, and if there are physicians, why then? Come on. Is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? If Jesus died to provide balm for the world and established churches from the beginning there in Jerusalem with the mission of taking the gospel from there to the world, why then? After over 2,000 years, is there so much more work that still needs to be done? Why then? Now let's look at that question. Why then? Well, where would the fault be? Well, first of all, let me say that the fault is not with the bomb. That's right. <laughs> I, as a young boy, accepted Christ as my Savior. Amen. Oh, it's a wonderful thing that as a small boy I understood my need of the Savior. Thank God for good churches. Amen. Amen. Thank God for good preachers. Amen. Amen. Thank God for good Sunday school teachers and children's workers. Amen. Amen. How many of you heard the gospel when you were a child? Oh, yes. Amen. And uh, thank God as a child I was able to hear, I was able to understand, and I was able to receive the gospel. And I was cured of the penalty of sin. Amen. And that same power that saved me is sufficient for all. Amen. And that same balm is available to anyone and everyone. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. The fault lies not with the balm. <laughs> it's in abundance. That's right. Oh, but where would the fault lie? Hmm. The fault lies, I believe, with those who hear the message but reject it. Sure. I believe that's part of the question, part of the answer there. That was Israel's problem. Those physicians named prophets, they would come over and over and over again. Repent! Turn! They didn't receive. Let's use for sake of illustration. 
that I go to my doctor for my regular checkup and he takes a look at me and says, Brother Bowman, there's something I'm concerned about here. Starts writing some tests. Later on, he comes back and says, all right, he says, there's good news and bad news. What do you want to hear first? Uh, how are you? Well, what do you, what would you usually choose? Okay, just shoot me straight. Give me the bad stuff right away. He looks at me and says, you have something that's terminal. You know, there's been a lot of people that have been given that. We need to pray for a lot of people that have that. But for sake of illustration, I want you to think with me. He says, it's terminal. What, what can I do? What, what, uh, you, you, said there was, you said there was good news, right? Well, yes, I do have good news. Oh, okay, well, well please give it now. And so he says, I have a remedy. If you take it as I prescribe it, right? It is one, it has been proven to be 100% effective. Right, amen. amen. Whoa, hey, I like that. Well, that is good news. Okay, well, I think I can take the bad news if I got that good news coming. Oh, I think I like that. Yes, that'd be fine. What happens, though, if I go home and I think, oh, wait a second. I, I don't feel that bad. You sure it's terminal? I don't feel that bad. I don't feel like I would be that bad in the case. I, I don't know. I, all those doctors, they don't know what they are doing. They don't know what they're saying. They're a bunch of quacks, right? No, don't you tell your doctor that. <laughs> uh, but I don't know about that. And I don't take the remedy. Whose fault is it? Not me. No, I... Yeah, that is my wife's fault, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. No, you're right. It's mine. It's mine. I forsook the remedy. Uh, right. Hmm. Israel rejected the ministry of Jesus Christ. He called them a stiff-necked and uncircumcised of heart and ears. Wow, that was pretty hard. He came into his own. His own received him not the fault lies with those who hear but reject. Right. There's many people that understand that they're terminally ill spiritually, and all of a sudden they feel like, well, well I'm not that bad. Oh, surely I, I, God wouldn't send me to hell, would he? I'm not that bad. And they don't receive the word of God, the remedy. Oh, let me tell you, Christian, when you give a witness at work, Thank you for doing so. Right. But they can't turn around and blame you one day. Sure. For every Christian who gives out a track and tries to give a message for somebody, one day they can't say, it's your fault. No, no, no. By the way, we need to make sure that we're doing that. Right. Amen. Amen. Or it would be our fault. Sure. Let's make sure we're giving the message. Let's make sure we're giving the witness. Amen. Let's make sure, hey, do people at work even know you're a Christian? Well, down here, we're down here down south. Everyone's saved. No, they're not. Right. Rejecting the cure. 
just as someone that would come to, into a church, it's just this. They would hear the message of salvation and they would turn around and they would leave, rejecting the cure. Oh, let me tell you, if there's someone here who do not know for sure that you're saved, you're in the right place. Right. <laughs> Is there a cure? Yes, there's a bomb. It's right here and it's in abundance. Don't leave this morning without receiving that. Amen. Amen. Oh, let me tell you, I don't ever want anyone to point the finger at Victory Baptist Church and blame us here. You didn't tell us. No, we have a pastor who loves the people of the area here. He's got tracks ready to distribute. He sends missionaries. They, they have outreach, everything they can. No, they can't point the finger at Victory Baptist Church corporately. But could they point the finger at us individually? Come on. Mm. The Great Commission is to the church corporately, yes, but also to the individual. Right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <coughs> if the world rejects the cure and dies in their sins, they have themselves to blame. But that's not the end of the story, though. Right. I believe the fault lies with those who re hear but reject. But also, I believe the fault lies with some of the physicians. Right. When your Bibles, please, just one passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want you purposely to look at this passage. Those of you who study the Word of God, you know the church at Corinth was, was quite a unique church. They had a lot of issues and problems, didn't they? Paul had to write two books in order to help to... How to help it correct some of these problems. And there's some of the problems that we know of, and it they take a lot of publicity. We know all about the issues that the Church of Corinth had, but there's, I believe, a greater problem that we don't hear very much about, but I think it was one of the worst. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 34. The Bible says here, Awake to righteousness, and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Right. Oh, the sad thing is the church there at Corinth. Yes, there was issues. Yes, there was problems. They were embroiled with all kinds of issues. But they failed to realize that outside of their doors was a community. Right. Beyond that community, there was a region. Beyond there were regions. Then even beyond that, the people had not, not the knowledge of God. And Paul said, hey, church of Corinth, wake up. Wake up. Wake up to righteousness. And sin not. Sin not. Why? Because there are some that have not the knowledge of God. He said, Church of Corinth, I speak that to your shame. Church of Corinth had the capacity. They had the wherewithal. They had the ability to be able to spread the word of God. That church was an affluent church. It had ability to go. They were in a key location and all of those things. But they were so, Satan had gotten so embroiled with issues, they failed to recognize that there was a community, a region, and then regions beyond. Oh, let me tell you today, today there's so many good churches that are caught up with a lot of petty issues sometimes. All kinds of things, and we try to fail to realize the significance now, the fact that there is a dying world 
that's dying within the shadow of the church steeple many times, and we don't see it. And sometimes we don't care. Come on. They're at work, but we don't see it. They're at the store, but we don't see it. The people that we pass by every day, there are neighbors on the street, and the Paul is saying, let's wake up! Let's wake up, Church of Corinth! Let's wake to righteousness and sin not. Right. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak that to your shame. Oh, we need to realize, may it never be said about Victory Baptist Church here. That's right. It's to your shame. Oh, may it never be. What's wrong with the physicians? I would like to ask you as a physician to another physician do we pray as we ought I'm not talking about the prayer before the meal right I'm not talking about the cute little prayer that we teach our children to pray before they go to right Do we pray? Come on. Do we communicate with God? Do we even pray for the one prayer request that he gave us? He did give us one. Right. And it's just one. Do we even pray that? Remember that? Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Right. That he'll send forth laborers. Laborers of his harvest. I was always bothered when I would, was told to be able to pray that kind of prayer. And I'd say, well, why would I need to pray that kind of prayer? If God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, he doesn't want them to go perish. Why do I need to pray for laborers to go tell them when he doesn't want them to go hell anyhow? Hell anyhow. Why do I need to be in the middle? Cut out the middle man, right? I mean, God, you just, you just help him. Why do I need to be in the middle and pray for him? You know the answer. Come on. God has appointed me to be a physician Amen. to help them to know. Amen. It's an incredible, awesome responsibility that we have that God has placed his blessed gospel in our hands. He has chosen us to bear that. Right. I don't know why. It seems like he would have done greater with, with the angels or something. I mean, I mean, come on, get somebody else out there. Why, why me? Don't trust me. Don't depend on me. But God knows that we are the ones that have received the balm. <laughs> we have been cured. Right. We know we can be able to stand, as Brother Larry did, with a wonderful testimony and say, God, save me. And I know, oh, you may have say, all of us have testimonies. All of us have issues. All of us have had sin. But we can be able to stand up and say, but I got saved. Amen. Amen. And all things are past. Behold, all things have become right. new. Amen. Oh, don't frown on anyone's te testimony. You go forward and you realize that God has saved you from much greater. You go forward and that God be able to work through you and your life. Amen. Why? Because they need to hear. You're right. Do we really pray? As we ought. Many times Bless our God. prayers are just concerned about ourselves or 
are we wanting, we're concerned about keeping good people out of heaven. And I'm not saying we, need, we don't need to pray for those things. We need to. But we need to put a priority as God did. Make sure that we have a priority to pray that God would send laborers to keep right. bad people out of hell. What's wrong with our positions? Are we praying as we are? Sometimes what's wrong with physicians is something else I could be put is perhaps I don't know. But reaching others is no longer a consuming passion. I don't know about you, but when I got saved as a boy, I was excited about it. Right. How many of you remember the day you got saved? <laughs> and you remember when you got saved, and, and, and you, there was something that happened inside of you, and you had you wanted to tell somebody about right. it. Amen. And although you didn't know all the right verses to say, you didn't know all of those things, but you know what? You had a testimony, and you wanted to share, and you wanted to tell somebody about it. Right. Oh, that's exactly the way I was. I wanted to do something. I didn't know what to say, but oh, I remember going to a certain family member in my, in my life and said, would you please get saved? Would you please accept them? I'm crying. And later on, many years later, when they got saved, they would say, I remember the tears of little Eric <laughs> when he talked with me. Oh, what a blessing. But the problem is now, it's been a while. We're no longer passionate about it anymore. We're now a professional Christian, and we are a member of Victory Baptist Church. We sit in a particular pew, and now we're a professional Christian. We're not passionate about it anymore. Come on. God help us to be a Christian who's passionate. Right. Say, look at. There's balm. Right. There's a remedy. Amen. Amen. And it's for everybody. Everybody Amen. needs it. And it's in abundance. You know, if we believed it, we would live like it. If we believed it, we would give like it. Right. If we believed it, we would do all that we could to help that message go out. Heard a story a little while ago about two boys that went to high school together. And as soon as they graduated, they seemed to take extreme opposite paths. One ended up going to a revival meeting, got saved, God began to work in his life, and he became a preacher. The other one went, seemed almost in the exact opposite, opposite direction. Became, went to law school, became a lawyer, and became what he self-proclaimed atheist. Not saying all lawyers are that way, just you know what I mean. <laughs> but just, they seem to go those two separate directions. Well, they met up at a, a school reunion. Like, hey, man, and they were best of friends growing up. I mean, they were always doing everything together. And when they went opposite directions, they just seemed to go and they continued to go. Didn't make a whole lot of connections back then. They saw each other at the at the reunion, the class reunion. They said, hey, we, we, need, to, 
we need to connect back back again. Let's let's go back to the old farm and let's let's you know do some hunting and fishing and, and just like it was. And oh great thing. So they worked out a schedule with both of their schedule and worked out a weekend where they could do it. Oh, it was a great time. As they were getting ready to go back to the airport, they were the lawyer was driving. And he began to only lawyers began to think, I wonder if my good buddy, my friend, who's now a preacher, I wonder if he really believes everything that he says he believes. You see, those last several days, there was nothing communicated at all. So that got the lawyer thinking. As he began to drive, he began to form these questions in his mind. And he says, let me ask you, he says, do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Well, it's pastor friends, but why, of course. Well, yeah, yes, I do believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Okay. Do you believe then that there is a real heaven that the people that accept your God actually go to it, and it's a wonderful paradise and, and all of those wonderful things for eternity. Do you believe that? And he says, oh, yes. yes well, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, I believe there is a heaven. He says, well, then, do you really believe in a, in a hell then that literally burns with fire, that people that don't accept God go to and burn for eternity? He says, do you really believe that? Well, yes, yes, I do. Yes, why are you asking me all of that? And suddenly that lawyer slammed on his brakes. He pulled his car to the side of the road. He says, you do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You do not really believe that there is a heaven. You do not really believe that there is a hell. You do not really believe that, that Jesus is the Son of God. Why? He says, because if I really believed all of that, I would have begged you to get saved. He says, no, I'm sorry, you don't really believe it. You don't really believe it. Oh, when I heard that story, I began to think in my own life, how many people could say to me, you don't really believe it. Because you've never told me. Come on. Oh, Christian friend, as we begin this mission conference week, may we be challenged. I don't want to entertain, to entertain you with stories from Africa, and believe me, I can do so. But I want, please, to have the Holy Spirit get a hold of all of our hearts as we begin this conference. And to ask all of us, are we doing what we ought? Are we? Congregation, is there a bomb? Amen. Are there physicians? I believe some, what's wrong with physicians? I believe some have lost their pure love for Christ. Right. Remember when Jesus came to Peter as he was trying to restore Peter unto himself? And he asked those questions of Peter. Peter, do you love me? Right. Remember that? Yeah. How many times did he ask? Peter those questions <clears throat> how many times did Peter deny him 
Interesting here. Peter, do you love me? And he asked him, do you love me more than these? Referring to the fish that they had just caught. Peter had answered, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said, then feed my sheep. Right. Love is an action. Right. Amen. We all know that in relationships, our marriage relationship, our friend relationships, all of that love is action. Love that is not expressed is not true love. Sure. Do you love the Lord? Then we need to do what he asks us to do. Right. So, Christian, let me ask you, why then? If there's balm, if there's physicians, then why? Why is our area not reached for Christ? Why is our workplace not the gospel spread? Why is not in our neighborhood known as a neighborhood where they follow God? Why is not? Why, why, why? Something that's a personal question that we need to take between ourselves and God. Am I doing all that I ought? We're not saved by works. Thank God for that. Praise the Lord. Amen. But we manifest our love for God after our salvation right. by what we do. Yes, sir. That's what the book of James was talking Amen. about. Are we the physicians we ought to be? If someone's here today and you do not know for sure that Jesus is your Savior, haha, you're in the right place, first of all. Let us help you. Right. In a few moments, we're going to have an invitation time when we invite people to come forward that's been spoken to. And Christian, if the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart, I want you to come forward. Right. I want you to come forward to the altar here and I need you to pray. There's something, there's something about leaving your seat and coming here that does something in your heart You're right. about a decision that needs to be made. Amen. We need to do that. When we have that time of an invitation and, and Christians come out, and I want you to come out. If you do not know for your sake, come out and come to the pastor or come to me. And we'll get, if you're a lady, we'll have a lady deal with you. If you're a man, and we'll have a man deal with you. We want to help you tonight. Right. Don't leave today without applying the ball on your life. Let's all stand together. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your time this morning. Thank you for the time that you gave us to be able to have church today. The privilege we have in our country to hear directly from you, to come to your house, to be able to speak, and to be able to hear from your spirit. Now pray now, Father, that you would help now today. I have given now the message you've laid on my heart. and Father, I pray that you would do what I cannot do. And that is to make application in everyone's hearts today. Help us as we begin this mission conference. Help us all to have received the balm. Help us all to know for sure that we're your, we're your children. I pray, Father, for those that are not saved this morning. Help them to come forward. Maybe through the testimony they heard this morning. Maybe they realize, I, I, I'm not real. I'm not real before you. Help them to come and get real before you. And accept you completely as their Savior, Father. I pray you would help them to do that this morning. 
for Christians, Father, that you have spoken to their heart. Help them to be able to come this morning and testify to the fact that you are speaking to their heart. Their heart is tender, and they want to respond now to you. I pray you would help them to come today during this invitation time. I pray, Father, that you would be exalted, please, this morning in Jesus' name. With their heads bowed and their eyes closed, no one moving, no one looking around. Are the instrumentalist is in their place. When I point to her, she's going to begin a song of invitation of her own choosing. As soon as she begins to play, invitation is open. Christians, let's come immediately. Let's come forward. If you don't know you're for sure you're saved, I want you to come. Get my attention. Get pastor's attention. And we'll get someone to help you this morning. Let's come right now. Let's, let's all respond as she begins to play. Christians are coming. Thank you. Do you know for sure you're saved? Come. Get, get my attention. I, I, I want to help. I want to help. We'll do it privately. Talk to privately. Do you know for sure? Come on. Come on. Let's. Let, let, let us be able to help. Maybe about being a, a better physician. 